There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for listening to these podcasts. We are compelled to bring you the latest and best information here on Intelligent Medicine. If you'd like to make an appointment, we are open. We are in person. We are available via telehealth, telephone. Call the office and talk to Liz, 212 772-1744. That's 212-779-1744. If you don't already subscribe to the free Intelligent Medicine newsletter, you may do so by going to drhoffman.com. That's drhoffman.com. And on the upper right hand, sign up. We don't use your email for any other purpose than to send you the weekly newsletter and you may unsubscribe at any time. Answering your questions today, this one comes from Dennis. Dennis says, hi, Layla. Regarding the topic of your latest podcast, does this problem apply to the naturally occurring statins in red rice yeast, in red yeast rice? What Dennis is referring to is the podcast uh, that was um, on site, that was uploaded on April 2nd. I talked about statins. There was a study done on statins and what they found that it may cause coronary artery calcification. Exactly what it's not supposed to do, right? And Dennis is asking, does this problem also apply to the naturally occurring statins in red yeast rice? That's a great question. Um, I don't know because the study that was done was done specifically on statin medication. There wasn't mention of any naturally occurring statin anywhere else that they would have used like in red yeast rice. So I don't know. So can we be presumptuous here and say that the naturally occurring statin may cause a problem or may not cause a problem? I really don't know. I really don't know, but it's a very, very thoughtful question. And the paper I was talking about, they found, and this was in the K.O. Seung Journal of Medical Sciences that was uh, released in March of this year. 
And they found that according to the study, statins negatively influence vitamin K status. And to that end, supplementation with vitamin K2, which has been shown to effectively improve vitamin K status and activate K-dependent proteins, it might prove beneficial for statin users. So if you're on a statin, I would say, Dennis, even if you're taking red yeast rice, take some vitamin K, at least the 180 microgram, which has been the standard dose uh, for most people, but it may, we may want more on a statin. It's kind of highly individualized. So, but uh, thank you for that great question, Dennis. Okay, I've got a question here from Randy. Hi, Layla, love your podcast. On the March 17th podcast, you and Dr. Dr. H discuss L-glutamine, but did not focus on its use in reflux. I'm also interested in your opinion as to how to use it in GERD or reflux. Dr. Amy Myers recommends it for, any, for everyone for general gut health. Also, could you expand on the diet for reflux? Yes, I read Dr. Kaufman's Acid Reflux Diet. It's a great title. Dr. Kaufman's book is called Dropping Acid. But she, spoke, she focuses on a limited number of foods, some of which those of us who listen to you in Dr. Age tend to avoid, especially fried foods, soda, cream sauces, spicy foods. I try to avoid citrus, coffee, chocolate, my favorite, tomatoes, garlic, onions, green peppers. But Randy says, I question whether high fat nuts, butters, and fatty meats are bad. She recommends grains, which I'd rather not eat. And she recommends avoiding blueberries and apples. Do you agree? Well, the apples are on the reflux list, Randy, on the GERD list. Dropping Acid is a great book by Dr. Jamie Kaufman. Uh, and with regard to L-glutamine, it's not specifically indicated for reflux, right? L-glutamine is the preferred amino acid by the GI tract for its feeding and its repair. So it's kind of a secondary good idea to add L-glutamine, but the first things for reflux are to eliminate everything that is causing your reflux. You know, this brings to mind an ad I've seen on television quite often. You, you've seen the, uh, you've seen the uh, comedian Larry the Cable Guy on his Pepsi commercial. I think it's a Pepsi commercial. Well, you want to be careful when you're eating that chili dog and this and that and hot sauce and blah, blah, blah. Take your Pepsi before you do it or take your Pepsi after, after you eat it. I'm, I'm not sure how it's indicated, but, you know, take this pill and eat whatever you want. Not the best way to go, especially if you want to be able to get rid of your GERD naturally without depending on medications, which we know have side effects and cause may cause long-term harm. You know, we need our stomach acid to digest our food. We need our stomach acid to absorb our nutrition via digesting our food. We need our stomach acid to prevent foodborne illness. When the pH is too alkaline, we have a problem. And that too alkaline pH, okay, here's a case in point where being more alkaline is not better for you. When your GI tract is more alkaline, 
because you've been taking, you know, Pepsid, Asifex, Prilosec, Nexium, Dexalent, Protonics, if you've been taking any of those acid blockers, proton pump inhibitors, you get a more alkaline GI tract. And that sets the stage for opportunistic bacteria to grow. That's why we believe we are seeing more and more cases of SIBO. SIBO is the acronym SIBO for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. We are seeing more and more, it's, 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 it's epidemic. We're seeing more SIBO all the time. We're having to test for more SIBO all the time. We have patients coming in with, you know, chronic uh, abdominal discomfort, bloating or constipation, or bloating, alternate, uh, constipation alternating with diarrhea. Sometimes that's diagnosed as irritable bowel syndrome. But if that irritable bowel is being caused by SIBO, we have to treat the SIBO, right? So GERD, you want to be able to take care of naturally rather than relying on all of those drugs. Randy, I believe you can eat fatty meats or, you know, butter and things like that. Just don't go overboard. You don't want to eat deep fried food, right? You don't want greasy food. These, these are things that can trigger reflux. And you've got the list for the foods to avoid. So I know Dr. Kaufman's list is a little bit different. You know, blueberries are there, but blueberries aren't necessarily on the regular old GERD list uh, that most people get. It's strawberries more than blueberries. So, but you could try. See, it's a long list for foods to avoid for GERD, and not every food is going to be a problem for everybody. So people will look at that long list and say, oh, wow, this is a long list. How am I going to do it? It's not all foods that are going to be triggering. The things to do are is to pick out from the GERD list that you have, oh, these are foods I commonly eat. Let's say, for example, chocolate, coffee, tea, strawberries, apples, raw broccoli, raw onions, raw carrots, oatmeal. These are things I eat all the time. Say this is what you're saying to yourself. Stop eating those foods because they're on the GERD list and see if the GERD doesn't go away, right? You want to give it a few weeks. It's not going to happen immediately. Some people do get immediate relief. Now, L-glutamine is not specifically for GERD. It's to repair the gut. It's not to stop acid. It's not to tame or be an emollient for the esophagus, per se. There are things more like deglycerizated licorice that's helpful in that regard. I also like endorphin, endorphin powder. It's got a, a, a variety of things in there to help tame GERD. Endofin is spelled E-N-D-E-F-E-N, endofin powder. And DGL are my go-tos for prescribing for my GERD patients, my reflux patients. But I find that more often than not, if they find that the DGL and the endofin is not working for them, they're not doing the diet properly, and lo and behold, that's always what I discover. They're still drinking coffee, even though I tell them, hey, switch to low-acid coffee. You'll find it. There's a brand of instant coffee that's low in acid called Kava, K-A-V-A. It's very smooth. Low-acid coffee, that's what it is. It's not decaf. It's not the caffeine that's a problem. It's the acid in coffee and tea 
right? So that's what we're talking about. So Randy, maybe you're able to tolerate the fattier foods like, you know, using butter or cooking in butter. What I tell everyone not to do uh, is do the deep fried or the greasy, shiny, that kind of food. That can cause some belching action and reflux and all of that kind of thing. So, and yes, Dr. Kaufman does recommend other foods like grains to eat, which you, if you'd rather not eat them, of course, that's up to you. If you're grain-free, absolutely, that's up to you. Maybe you're following more of a paleo-style eating plan, which is, which is terrific, which is very, very healthy. I'll tell you what, I'll give you some examples of people I put on paleo or lower-carb diets where all the grains are gone. And so they're doing it and they're losing weight or they're taking care of their diabetes. But as a nice little side effect, they notice they no longer have acid reflux anymore, which is great on their grain-free or low-carb or paleo-ish diet. And then they decide they're going to cheat and have a, you know, piece of bread or toast. The reflux comes roaring back roaring back and you know i like to call that the body remembers insults <laughs> your body said say what you're eating this again reflux here we go right so that is something about the GERD diet and you know there are other things about the, uh about uh GERD that you can do to help tame it a lot of people don't realize that monosodium glutamate is a problem for GERD. So a typical handout that I give is, you know, an alert on MSG. You want to make sure you're avoiding it. And let me tell you the possible sources of MSG. Because what it can do, what MSG can do, as far as your GI tract, it can cause GERD. It can cause irritable bowel syndrome. For many people, it causes Nausea, diarrhea, gas bloating, cramps. We've heard mostly about people getting headache or migraine from MSG. Those people have to be careful. But let me tell you the possible sources of MSG. Look on an ingredient label and look for the following language. Textured protein. That could normally be a gluten source too. Textured protein. Carrageenan. Vegetable gum seasonings. Now, these are possible sources of MSG. Spices, flavorings, natural flavorings, flavorings of chicken, beef, or pork, smoke flavorings, bouillon, broth, or stock, barley malt, that's gluten, malt extract, malt flavoring, whey protein, whey protein isolate, soy protein or concentrate, soy sauce or extract. Some definite sources of monosodium glutamate, definite sources of MSG, hydrolyzed protein, sodium cassinate or calcium cassinate, autolyzed yeast or yeast extract, gelatin. These may be definite sources of MSG. And that's part of the things to avoid. There are also medications that adversely affect GERD. 
um, there are certain classes of drugs that cause or increase heartburn by relaxing the lower esophageal sphincter. Nitrates, anticholinergics, beta-adrenergic agonists, alpha-adrenergic antagonists, uh, aminophilines, benzodiazepines, calcium channel blockers, nicotine derivatives, tricyclic antidepressants, and chlorpromazines. So there are a lot of different medications. Maybe you're doing the GERD diet correctly and you're doing everything. You're taking the DGL, you're taking endorphin, you're even taking glutamine, all right? But if you're on one of these classes of medications, that could be a problem. That could be keeping the GERD persistent. You want to talk to your doctor then about, you want to have a discussion with your doctor about that prescription and see if there's an alternative for you, right? And there are lifestyle modifications. You can elevate the head of your bed at least six inches by putting, you know, a, a, a sofa cushion or add more mattresses, right? You can, you can special, you can order a special foam wedge pillow that's made for this purpose, a prop up pillow or something like that, so that you're elevated and less chance to come up, the, the acid to come up. You want to avoid exercising for at least one to two hours after each meal. And you don't want to bend from the waist down for one to two hours after each meal. You don't want it coming back up. Don't eat a meal and then go, go into downward dog on your yoga mat. Right? You want to avoid eating or drinking except for water. And of course your medications for two to three hours before going to bed. You want to go to bed with an empty stomach. You must go to bed with an empty stomach. And people find that if they must eat late and go, then go to bed, laying on your left side is better than laying on your right side. Kind of goes with the gravity, tends to flow, flow more downward, go with the shape of the stomach to the duodenum into the small intestine. It's a little better on the left side. But ultimately, you don't want to have eaten anything for three hours before lying down. You want to avoid wearing... Tight clothing, especially belts, pants. You also want to stop drinking alcoholic beverages. This can cause GERD. And boy, if you smoke, stop. You may be better off avoiding large meals altogether. Eat smaller meals, smaller, more frequent meals. Maybe you're going to eat six or seven times a day. And ultimately, the other thing that you can do, if you're carrying a little extra weight, especially around your waistline, Losing weight helps. Losing weight helps with the reflux. It definitely helps with the reflux. So, you know, some people have a hiatal hernia. A hiatal hernia in most people doesn't do anything, but it can if you're carrying extra weight around your waist. If you've got that beer belly or that abdominal fat, it can be a problem. That hiatal hernia may cause that reflux to go up, you know, through the esophageal sphincter and so forth. So, um, yeah, there are many foods to avoid to try out. It's a little bit different, but generally the list that you see for most people, according what Dr. Kaufman is advising, you know, try all of that. Try all of those things.
So uh, it's best to get, you know, individual counseling. I mean, we, we don't do we don't do consults on podcasts here. I'm just giving you very, very general information. And I will tell you in my experience, sometimes it's not just a matter of only the DGL, the endorphin. There are other things going on that have not been uncovered, like the source of the reflux, the cause of the reflux. And sometimes it's not just about the food. It's about other things that may be going on that need to be addressed, right? Uh, I'll give you another example. Uh, some people that are found to have H. pylori, you know that bacteria that can cause ulcer in the stomach? Well, doctors like to give you a double or triple antibiotic therapy to get rid of H. pylori because there is a small chance that H. pylori can cause stomach cancer. Well, later scientific research is telling us that H. pylori may just be a commensal, you know, just a kind of a friendly neighbor that doesn't really do anything at all. But doctors still like to give this triple antibiotic therapy to rid the H. pylori. Oftentimes what we see, I see often in my office, well, I was fine before my doctor treated me for H. pylori. I was given these three antibiotics. The H. pylori is gone. It's eradicated. But now my voice is chronically hoarse. I'm told I have reflux. That was caused by the antibiotics. So now we have to take gentle care of them to reverse the powerful antibiotics and the eradication of the H. pylori. See, it's not as simple as just follow a GERD diet. A consult is often necessary. So with that, I thank you, Dennis, and I thank you, Randy, for your very, very thoughtful questions. I wish you good health, and I want to thank you for joining me once again on this edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212 212- 779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.